Little farms well tilled, little pockets well filled. Farmer John's dad, Dauphin, Manitoba. We are Real Conversations Podcast. Hello, I'm Tamara Michelle. The show is created and produced in Dauphin, Manitoba. And today I have Farmer John back with me. And we are taking a look at some of the different stages and expectations of some of his seeded crops. Thank you to our show sponsors, Banker Marketing, Dr. Brenna and Three Graces Medispa, Real Security Solutions, Right Side Equipment of Dauphin, Oil Depot of Dauphin, Roofs Furniture and Appliances of Dauphin, Try Family Health, Beauty and Fine Gifts of the Paw, Ramsey's Health and Fitness of Dauphin, Cloud Nine Canna Supplies of Dauphin, and Hearts to Nature, Fine Art, Nature Photography. So Farmer John, you're saying that driving around in the middle of a fully seeded field of course there's some drowned out spots but like you're saying you couldn't normally drive around a field like what we're doing right now is not normal you don't get a perspective from the middle of your wheat field because you would you would be trapped you'd be trapping your crop you wouldn't do this okay it's kind of cool because we're seeing right from the middle of a 40 acre field here yeah in all directions you can look and see what it's like it's kind of cool so tell me how difficult would it be to when it comes to actually um, swathing this, like you're gonna have to get creative, are you? Well, not? you'll be cutting a little, yeah, you'll be like, it's like a drunken sailor. You'll be kind of wiggling <laughs> around here, uh, just sort of uh, swath, swath, lay it into a windrow and then let it cure and then try to combine it, so. Okay. Um, but you can see that but it hasn't quite headed out. So I think this is what we call shot blade stage. The heads are gonna be probably in a week. In, a week from now, you'll, this will be headed like that. Okay, I'm going to just else. pan this way and we'll take a look at what you're talking about. Farmer John, you were saying um, about, about the cross-pollination uh, of... So this is, again, winter wheat winter that weeks. we've been viewing. Right. And you were talking about... Um, well, this grass and what it does, why you want to keep the grass from pollinating with your winter wheat? No, it's with the fall rye. Oh, the fall rye. Only, oh, okay. Only we don't not too wheat is not a problem, but fall rye specifically when when this brome grass is is flowering at the same time as um, as the rye, they two cross over and you can get a condition called ergot, which makes this these big long black kernels. They look like little bananas. They're like kind of they kind of curve like a little, and the, the seed is distorted and the. And if you feed that to livestock, it'll, they'll abort calves and stuff. This specifically tall, tall full, long seeds. Mm -hmm. This is if it cross-pollinates with, with... The, not wheat, but rye specifically, yes. Okay, so and I, that's fall rye? That's fall rye, yeah. So. And we're going to be checking out that field right away. But so this, this is... But we won't see this around here. No, your... because I mowed them already. I've, I've already gone through, through the process. To, to You have to do it early enough so that you don't... If you go too late, then it happens before you get it mowed. So you want to okay. be in there mowing about the early June or... This year I did it late because it's about two or three weeks later than it's still going to be early, but it's a little bit because of the season. So okay. And this is what we. This is an example of a. This is my. I guess we'll call it a headland or a buffer strip here. Okay. Between that, that's the property line there, and this is the edge of my field, and you can see down there where it kind of burps okay. out to the. And these fields are separate, and I'll. I will eventually mow this, but I mean you'll see that these fields are too wet to seed, and yet, admit you've got crop here. It's, it's kind of funny looking, and people would say you should have written it off and you should have worked it up, but but you know. So. Huh. Well, we're going to go take a look at that fall rye now yeah. because I'm, I can't wait. I'm like, I'm only five foot two. So I'm like, I'm curious <laughs> how tall it is. Pretty, yes. pretty tall. <laughs> it, it'll, be up, it'll be up to your shoulders almost right. probably. Oh, Close. wow. Okay. Fight, but. Well, here we go. 
<laughs> so I'm five foot two, and we're standing in. Uh, we're standing in. Actually, we'll move over just a little bit. We're standing in Farmer John's um, Fall Rye. Fall Rye. So they, I don't know if you remember this from when we were talking before, but last time we came out, we were touching it. It was on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna have to look back to see how many weeks ago that was. Approximately, it's got to be about six weeks ago, uh, maybe yeah. somewhere around there. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So in six weeks, <laughs> you go from ground level to this, <laughs> and you were saying so it's got this is pollinating right now it's, it's got it's flowering i think we call those are anthers or, i think they're called as they come off there and it's almost like uh there's like a pollen it's like oh yeah it looks like little flowers yeah and okay. that'll, that'll blow off and that that's this is critical you don't want to broom i mean there's broom over there but i did when it's really close the close proximity to it that's that's not good so by okay. me mowing it keeping back 15 20 as much as i can here within reason some and of that still maybe come over but, yeah so you've got so. i think you've got yeah at least 20 feet of cut grass between you and the ditches yeah and then you got your grass growing and what kind of what kind of fall rye is this we were talking about that as well well you mean the variety yes it's hazlet it's um okay it's been around for a few years it's sort of not a it's a somewhat shorter varieties the previous variety i used to grow would be up this would be add another foot to this if not more and then there's it's hard to get the straw through the combine because oh uh, it's too long and rye straw rye rye can be when you're combining rye it can the seed can test dry but you'll still when you take take a look at the straw at the back of the combine it'll, you can almost wring water to the straw it's really difficult because oh. there's some the straw is like a hollow tube okay and it, it, it's difficult to get rye to sometimes to to dry down and is it kind of waxy yeah curiosity it, it can, because it feels it, it's tough to push if you, if you actually you know what compared to wheat it's got a it really feels large, tough it's got a big but you see that it's quite it's thick. like a thick yeah a, a big, thick a tough tube, outer to feed this and, and it's it can it can humble some pretty people have had big combines and been humbled by rye straw because it's it's, it's, it's hard pretty... it's hard to get through it's can, okay and and you you don't want to be sometimes you're usually when it when the sun starts going down and the dew starts coming on and it's tough yeah. you got to stop combining or you'll if you get plugged up in rye it'll it'll just wrap around things because it's really kind of because it's so long and it's kind of um, waxy and viney it's just okay my, my dad always said that in the old days the best horse collars were made out of rye straw because they used one complete wrap so there was no they take the straw oh, and just because of the length the old collar like the horse yes. collar yes he, he always I don't know if that's true but he would say that the best horse collars that you could get used rye straw because there was the big lots of tall straw and then you didn't have to have there was just one complete wrap yeah and no joint yeah so around the horse's the neck horse's, the yeah so it was very strong inside the collar yeah, yeah. So. wow interesting and so, so. Um, tell me then so you so since I've seen you have you had a chance to put any fertilizer on this no, field no this field so this has been untouched since I saw you six yeah, weeks we ago, go approximately. We didn't spray for weeds. We didn't. We've done nothing but. All but yet, I'm looking in here. I mean, I'm looking. I see that odd. You pulled that one little. Yeah. Flixweed. This is a flixweed. There, some of them are, 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 are some. That's a flix flixweed. But it's. But there's one. It's not a lot in here. There's, but I mean, I'm looking and I don't see tons of it. I see one here. There's some millet down there, but it's. I mean, anything's trying to grow is being choked because it's down. And it's, it doesn't get light down in there. This okay. plant is, is choking and. Okay. And rye has that oleopathic effect too, where it puts something into soil to kind of thwart the growth. You can see things are kind of. They, they're trying, but they're not getting very far. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, but it's a kind of. Of a, it's what they, they say. It's right, almost like a toxin. It, it, has, it gives yeah, it a natural yeah, it, toxin, it, it, but it, it gives something into the soil that makes plants tougher to grow. And it's just, an, it's something in nature. It's not, it's not anything like, it's not modified. It's just the way rye does it. So, so that's really neat. Um, now compared to your, your, uh, it's winter wheat that we saw over yeah, here. This is your fall rye. Winter wheat. This is so far advanced. Yeah, right. I, I, I just, I'm, sh- I'm sort of in shock because <laughs> when I saw the winter wheat, 
uh, six weeks ago, you know, even the stuff that was doing its very best, right? right? It was almost seemed like it's, the stuff that was doing its very best was almost more advanced than this. This, mm-hmm. this was almost like a, a, a ground sprawling looking right. plant in the beginning. But, and and now I, I just, I'm sort of in shock because I mean, like, again, I'm five foot two. So I'm like, this is, uh, some of these heads right, are high, find, eye level. There's some rogue ones out there that are probably over your head. Like, <laughs> well, let me say, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't take a lot yeah. <laughs> to be over my head. Oh, I don't no. know. <laughs> but this, um, this is a, uh, this will be, we'll be combining here probably mid August. A lot of years we're going in the beginning of August, but because we're, the, the, the flowering process that I'd say is t- a couple of weeks behind where it should be maybe so we're okay be, we'll still be we should be comfortably in the middle of mid-August at the latest I would think on this so but this is not so when we when we take a, a snapshot of farmers in the parkland this is not this is like uh, exceptional and this is not, not a lot of rye grown around there's something this and this is non-hybrid too there's you can find more hybrid rye it's, it's comes out of German German lines and it's it's a hybrid where you have to buy a new seed every year like okay. anything when you when you hybridize it, they make you, you, you have to buy a new seed. This is non-hybrid, so I can clean this seed up. And, and use it for seed I, next year? I could, or this I fall? Could, I could, yeah, you don't, it, you could clean this up and seed it. And, like when you harvest in August, you could clean it up and seed it two or three weeks later and it will grow. Like you don't, it doesn't have to sit for a while or anything. It, it's it's ready to go. Okay. So. And then talk again about, you use this term, it's a big word, vertilization. And you said that's very specific to yeah. this and your winter, winter wheat. wheat. Fall rye, if you, if you, if you plant this fall rye in this, in the spring, field in, in May it'll just grow kind of vegetatively and you can you can use it for pasture for your cattle but it won't it won't, won't set the seed because it has to it has to stop growing like it, it normally it gets up about this high and then it stops and then it starts back up in the spring and that's called vernalization that has to do and it need but it also it needs the that. cold doesn't it right and the cold yeah it's, it's winter hardiness is at its peak in the fall and the winter hardiness tends to drop off as you get into february and march april too so it's it's, it's at its hardiest in the going into the winter okay and that's when you by usually by the time you get snow but usually by february march you've got some snow cover to, to help too because the, the hardiness is of the plant is is diminished as it go uh, it, sort of a sliding scale downward as you move into spring so okay but then okay. same with winter wheat and you and if you tried to plant spring wheat in the fall it'll just freeze up and like it'll, it'll kill it like it's so okay. and so it, when, very specific one yeah if, so the label really wheat, tells you when yeah, in wheat. a way and there is there is spring rye that i've never grown i don't know where you get the, but they do make it there is a spring rye that you can it's rye that you plant in the spring but to me that's sort of that's that's defeats that's not the the purpose of fall rise, we're getting it in, in the fall, and then it, it gets gets up early in the spring. Where spring rise, I don't see much of an advantage to that really, like the the, the fall rye. So okay, but there is there is a spring rye, and that would be uh, it looked like this, but it just you plant it in the spring. Now so. now this crop specifically, if a farmer wanted to plant this, I mean we had no idea. I mean, I know we look at our, our farmer's almanac, but we had no idea we were going to have this type of spring. Although you say that in farming, I mean, if you've been in farming, you've been farming how many decades now? 35 years or so, yeah. So you've seen the ebbs and flows of nature and you know that there are un- unreasonable wet seasons, there's unreasonable mm-hmm. dry seasons, and then you have those years, you have those bumper crops, and you really have to be in farming for a long time to be able to kind of weather out a lot of that stuff, right? Right. And, and the fall crops are, are great to me because they spread your workload out in the fall too if, if, if you have a normal year you'd have your spring wheat but you do your winter crops you, you're harvesting them first and then you, you get and then you move and slowly move into your, your wheat and your canola and your other crops so kind of spreads but it's just difficult to get the cedar out in the fall in a timely manner when you're busy 
trying to harvest and try to see like that's what a lot of people have it, it's a it's a time management problem to get to stop and, and I, a lot of times i'll be seeding in the spring and in, in the morning and combining in the afternoon which is kind of hard to do if you have a large right to, and you would call yourself like a far a smaller like as far as land size a smaller farmer but you also have many different crops well diverse yeah we've got a field of flax over here and, and the fact that i have flax and rye on the same quarter those are two really minor crops in this province yeah not much of either like they're less than 100,000 acres of flax and probably less than 100,000 of rye too so we're talking they're not the most popular but to have these two in this same quarter is kind of neat too so yeah yeah are different but whatever and then but, so. oh, one last question john i wanted to ask about your rye so what is this going to be turned into? So, I mean, like, I think whiskey right away. I think, like, but is, is that where this uh, would end up? This, the, there's a limited demand over at Gimli for the... Um, That's for Crown the Royal? Crown Royal, but that, I, I think I sold one year to them, but it has to be, it has to be really good. Good Your quality has to be high, and um, that demand is, it's a very small, some of it goes into rye bread, too. Um, okay, rye most bread. This, most of this will go, a lot of this, I think, is going to go into the U.S. for cover crops. They're going to see, they're going to, we're going to, my buyer buys it from down southern Manitoba and a lot of it goes across the border and down in the U.S. They, what they call cover crops after they take their crop off they'll seed a crop of rye okay. and then they'll spray it out in the, to keep the so soil so it keeps the weeds out in a cornfield or a bean field and it keeps the land from eroding and then they, 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 they just terminate it in the spring and then seed something else into it oh interesting it, it's called a, it's cover crops and for that reason so clover is a cover crop too like yep, red clover, clover sometimes yep and this goes but they won't they don't want hybrid rye in the U.S. so specifically this it has to be an open pollinate to go into that market because the hybrid rye they, they don't they don't go across the border with oh, as okay. easy with the hybrid rye. I don't know why, but that's what I've been told. So interesting, and man. I've there's so many like rules and you, and you can't feed this to livestock too. It, it's not okay. Um, and the straw is a, sometimes a tough sell, but I've already got people clamoring for straw because it's such a there's so such a different year because there's not a lot of wheat a lot of wheat didn't go in and it's going to be late so that this straw is going to be available. in high demand it's going to be early and they're going to be able to bail it and there's going to be a lot of it so and, and straw is for anybody who has livestock or for, horses for or cattle or, whatever, or yeah. so, for calving or like all those things right and, and also conventional i have a conventional combine as opposed to a rotary because the conventional is easier to bail behind so okay. I, I have a rotary but i've switched back to a big conventional because this, this, it's, it's too hard to bail behind my old combine and you get this chopped up stuff because of straw so so that's a kind of a, not many people have conventional combines as opposed to the, the newer most of the newer combines are all like a rotary design yes so that's another issue but okay so but I, I still I can't say enough good things about Paul I've been growing it for 25 years plus and it just um, it, it never ceases it's it's bull, it's really it good. pulls through in every it, season it's, hey it's like a 350 Chevy it just put gas and oil in it, and it goes like <laughs> I it just, love that you know it's just <laughs> you, you can't you really go wrong you just stick it in here and in this case with you can see that this part of the field we're probably looking at 35 30 to 35 bushels maybe um, maybe that's a little high but the amount of rain we've had and they're looking at the heads here well these are these are and, large and, I mean, I, and I full i have had rye my best crop of rye did about 85 bushels an acre but that's quite a few years ago but i've had usually getting that wow. 60 range and yep. with fertilizer but without fertilizer but considering the rain we've had and this went into canola stubble um it, it's, it's finding nutri well. it's finding nutrients somewhere i don't know how but it's finding them so oh. and you can see there's a you know there's a fair bit of and that's the length of the head is the spikelets count is important these lengths you don't want these little short there's a few little short guys here like some of these are shorter yeah but some you of want those, these big long the longer the head and, and you can see there's quite a few of them here it's um yeah so 
That's great because uh, each one each one represents a seed. Yeah. Right. Each one of these that fan out. So. And um, so yeah, it's it's really hard to, to you know it's it's not for everybody but it works in my case we've got 140 acres here and um, it's going to be we're going to be harvesting early here so in a year like this hey that's a bonus so exactly well let's go take a look at your flax field that's just been newly seeded yeah all right so farmer john we've made our way out here to your flax field right now when did you seed this uh this was seeded june the 10th Okay, June the 10th. So we're looking at, it's June 26th today, I think. So it's only had like, this is 16 days, yeah. It was up in about five. It came up in about five days, which is pretty good. It came up. That's a fast germinator then. It came up pretty quick and um, and it looks good, but it's struggling a bit now. The color of it is, the the ground is just water, it's so saturated. Flax is not the best. So it's not normally, this is almost like a neon green. Like I almost need sunglasses. Like it's quite the color. It's there's some that are a little better but some of them are more limey than and the, and the flax just doesn't like wet feet flax is just not it, it's it's struggling a bit but if, if we would just get some heat and it, it, it'll probably be okay but it's just okay it's a stressor i guess we'll put it that way okay and um, you said that you have had an opportunity there's some i think there's some tracks people can see going this way here yeah we, yeah that is your fertilizer the, you the, said. the floater the big machine with the big three wheels and the big tank and it, it has booms on it and it, it floats the nitrogen we put nitrogen and potash on this field Okay. And we used we also used variable rate technology. So we're the, the machine. There's there's three or four zones in this field where there parts where some parts need more fertilizer. So as you're going down the field, it puts different rates of nitrogen where it needs it and not where it doesn't need it. And the same with the potash. So it, it's pretty cool. It's able to adjust on the go, and you just drive it, and it, the computer tells when to open up the put more fertilizer or less out, the, and and he just drives. And so this we're trying to. This is the way the to me the future where we we put fertilizer where we need it and not where we don't so and this is again we've talked about this before uh using egg 360 uh consulting right Mm -hmm. yeah and was it wendy that you deal with i can't Uh, remember no it's kevin kevin okay yeah yeah. so So, he we we soil tested this fall last fall and then then they soil test in exactly the same place every year so you get a grid so you're always going the same and then you have these zones like areas of the field there's i think this field has three or four they're kind of they're on the map they're like where better parts topography and then the soil is slightly different. You can see the variation a little bit. So, yep. so for that reason, we're putting what the crop needs and not not too excessive. Like normally, you would just put the old days. You'd put 60 pounds of N over the whole field and 50 pounds of potash. But now we're going. We could be varying from 70 to 50 to could be varying from 50 to 70, as depending on where it needs it. So it's it, okay. it's more site specific to the field, I guess. So okay. yeah. Okay, and then we're going to both take a quick step here to the side uh, because you were talking about, um, I say non-GPS, but you call it... Auto steer. Auto steer. So, this so, field, yeah, I, I steered the tractor here. And I was, this This is probably right after dinner when I was a little bit... You can see there's some, it's got some character, there's some wiggles in here. And this isn't, this isn't twisted tea. No, no, this it's is. Not. <laughs> but just the uh, 90% of the fields around this part of the world are all arrow straight like you cannot it's physically impossible to drive that straight so yeah. when you look at my fields they've got some character i was actually steering the tractor here and doing a little, you know so yeah that's my little wiggles and they really show up here you can yeah see. well especially think so. it's a really great opportunity because we've talked about that before and i think when you see a regular field it's very hard to see when your weed is this high right. that any of it is you know if it was corn you would notice right? Right, right but this you don't i don't notice so much and then i think with the with the variation <laughs> if you've got like the the darkness of the soil and then you've got that mm-hmm. bright green it's a really 
great opportunity to actually see what you're talking about. Whereas if you look, you know, the big farmers that are using their GPS and using their equipment, um, they have auto steer. uh, Like when I was with Rob Brunel and he, he, once it gets locked in and as long as it's in that path, it's, it's as straight as straight. Like there's no way you could humanly drive that straight. And he even said so. Yeah. That's really, that's really cool. And flax, like I said, around here, this is, you go along to have a flax and a rye field on the same quarter here. Those are two miners. And even though this is worth $35 a bushel to sell, people still, it's still not an yeah, so why is that? I think that's interesting. You said this is a very high-paying uh, crop. Yeah, but flax is touchy. It's touching. Chemicals are, are touchy. You only have you only have a couple of chemicals to choose from, and they're kind of hard in the plant. And you, your time. Oh, is so almost, ex- yeah. Explain that, because you were telling me yeah, that you're going to have to get this sprayed right away. You said probably spraying when I like to see it when anywhere from two to four inches, ideally three. So if I stick my hand down here, that's roughly three inches. If it's if they're into my in my middle fingers here. That's when we'll be trying to hit it. And I can see the weeds. Like at and this point, I can see the weeds yeah. between the row. You want to spray in the evening. You don't want to spray flax in the morning because if it, if it turns too warm, if it goes above about 28 Celsius, 27, 20, 27, that range, it's really hard on it. So you want to spray like five, like towards supper, preferably if in a perfect world, I'd be spraying this just... Like 6 p.m.? After, yeah, and do it late in the evening because the flax will actually turn over like this and then it, and a few days later it'll actually have to straighten back up again. so it actually stresses the plant it's a stress it's a flax is that yeah you almost have, the plants almost have to align to get a perfect weed kill with flax because the moon has to be right like everything so it's a just, delicate crop it's, it's in a way tri- it's tricky it's not it's it's not like other crops where you just you have a wide window from the one to, like huge windows yeah. from one to six leaf or from this it's a very small range and you you kind of have to hit it or if we don't control the weeds in here flax does not compete well if you if you leave this wild millet that we're seeing here and a lot of the broadleaf weeds you won't have much of a crop here it'll just be it just so it doesn't like competing with those it's just not with those yeah weeds. it doesn't compete well because it just it stands up like this it doesn't have any it, no no leaves to it much it's more of it like a sort of so and i'm going to show um one of your other flax crops is from two years ago, I believe, because uh, you and I were doing a show when mm-hmm. I was in radio. And um, so they can see what this is going to look like come, I think that was about mid-July, yeah. August, it maybe early August. It it's already starting to bloom. Right. Yeah. So you're saying this year, when would you expect if you now, if you had the perfect weather and we have had <laughs> far from perfect weather as far as farming is concerned. Yeah. Um, what would this look like if you were going to have an ideal situation? When would be the earliest you can take this crop off? Oh, this won't be coming off till end of September, early okay. first mid mid October kind of thing. And it can handle the cool weather. Well, yeah, it, it's um, it's not so much that. It's just that it needs to finish flowering and then and then set the seed and then not get an early frost and okay. And um, then you've got a challenge with the straw too. Flax straw is really tough. Some combines won't do flax very well. Some of these newer combines, the rotaries, they it likes to wrap it. It's two crops between these two are hard to combine that's okay so conventional combines generally do a better job and that's what I'm, i've gone back to a conventional that it's that as opposed to rotary because they tend to ra- get get wrapped in, up and some some mix. it's almost like uh i think about it like when because i'm vacuuming a, the house and we have girls with long hair and it gets wrapped around the yeah, roller it, it can be a child flax straw can when it wraps and just makes it round bale and, and then it starts getting hot and then it, and it catches on fire flax is very flammable you can get wow people have had you know you can have a pro- high oil content yeah, right and i've had where it gets hot and you almost risk burning your comb like it's it's bad so wow that's wow i you know so. it's interesting because you know unless i would have the opportunity to, to talk to a farmer from the area there's so many interesting hazards and just <laughs> unique situations that 
I don't think anybody's even aware of unless you do this for a living. Well, in fact, there's, there's a few hardcore guys like me. We we, 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 we swear at it and stuff and we, we say we'll never grow it again. Then, yeah, I guess what? We'll <laughs> Next <again>. season. <laughs> and like it, it, the headaches you put up with, you pl I plugged the combine last year and I had to spend a half a day cutting, get in there with a knife and cutting it because it was doing this wrapping and... And you say, oh, my, you know, it's like I had two, two, two of us there and we're just cutting with a knife through wrapped up and it was just, oh. And then you then guess what? We're seeding flax again here. So, you know, we're, <laughs> like, we're just kind of, we're, you, you're either dyed in the wool flax grower. There's a few new people come on board, but it's not. But they have to, they have to, it's like trial yeah, by fire, right? Yeah, you have to almost like if your uncle grew it or if you have a, or you think, think you want to try it, but. I would, nice to know someone that does it or have yeah, a. Yeah, it, it has, a, it, it's a tricky crop to grow. It, it's not for everybody. And, it, and even though the. The seed that we sell is high. I mean, the cost of putting this in was high too. I paid a lot of money for the seed. The seed came from domain south of Winnipeg, for crying out loud. The seed came from not far away to, to, to seed here. So, because yeah. oh. I couldn't get any locally here. So, wow. It's difficult and it just presents a number of challenges. And it's, yeah. But we, we I've been growing flax for all my life. So, like, it's, yeah. it's just something. It's a love that, hate thing, huh? Yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> yeah. And I've had some really, I've had, we've had harvest flax in the spring. We've hired a lot of my dad. We used to, combine in the spring and about in november above the snow you're cutting above the snow i've got pictures of combining wow. the snow above this much you're cutting above it and then combining in march and april and, and, and yeah. so that you can get back on the field and see yeah, something and else some, interesting so it's it's been a we've had a lot of roller coaster with flax some years we just never get it some years it doesn't set seed i've had we've had some years where we just it bloomed but never had no seed in the head and we just had to destroy it it was just so wow it's it's a it's a it's an interesting crop. But. Well, I'm really so. looking forward to coming back and seeing this as the season progresses. Uh, we'll be back again talking to you, I'm guessing, in a month or two, somewhere in okay, there. When, and it's, maybe it's when I get a call and you're like, yeah. hey, come it's check blooming. this out. We've got yeah. some stuff coming up. And then in the next episode, I know we talked about uh, possibly doing some plowing, which is not common. Uh, maybe, yeah. We may be forced to because it's so wet. Because And you said you only have your farm half-seeded, so yeah. there's going to be a lot of summer fallow this year. Mm -hmm. So... Um, yeah, that's this. And you said a lot of farmers are going to be forced into that, not because they want to, but just because the time yeah, to plant just, seed is running right. out. So, and a lot of it will be chem, chem, we call it chem follow, where you, you can chem follow with chemicals like use glyphosate and spray it. But there are some weeds that glyphosate does, doesn't do very well on. So, you, no, no weed is resistant to steel, we'll put it that way. So, okay. when you put steel in there and you flip it over, you kill it. Whereas the Roundup, they, they're not resistant, maybe, but there are a few things that Roundup doesn't do a very good job on, or glyphosate, I guess I should say. Yeah. And um, and so, so for that reason, you know, chem follow has a point, but there comes a time when you almost have to make it black, as make her black, as we used to say. So. Yeah, yeah. And so. you and you said that when you have the summer fall and you have the black earth over the the winter, that's yeah, where that's, you really risk soil erosion. Soil erosion is a problem because so the it, wind, basically, the winter winds blow your field away because you only have like five inches of topsoil if yeah, you're we lucky. We don't have much here. No, yeah. we're, we're not blessed with a lot here. So, by putting a winter crop into a summer fall field, you'll um, keep it from, give it some cover and, and get some growth there and keep it from blowing, blowing away. away. So that's, okay. you don't want, you want to go to your neighbors. So you want to keep it in your own place. So. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you, Farmer John. This was a, a fun day. We kind of just hit three fields, but boy, time flies. Hey, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Sounds we'll be, good. Thanks again. Yep. See you again. Thank you. Dr. Brenna and Three Graces Medispa has been inspiring love, confidence, and health in humanity since 2019. Dr. Brenna's skin therapists have the advanced knowledge required to revitalize and rejuvenate your skin. Radiofrequency, microneedles, chemical peels, and oxygeneo superfacials are just a couple of the treatments we offer. To learn more about Dr. Brenna and Three Graces Medispa, visit our website at threegraces.ca or call us at 204-572-5774 for a free consultation.
Thank you to our show sponsors, Bankert Marketing, Dr. Brenna and Three Graces Medispa, Real Security Solutions, Right Side Equipment of Dauphin, Oil Depot of Dauphin, Roofs Furniture and Appliances of Dauphin, Tri Family Health, Beauty and Fine Gifts of the Paw, Ramsey's Health and Fitness of Dauphin, Cloud Nine Canna Supplies of Dauphin, and Hearts to Nature Fine Art Nature Photography. See you next week.